Welcome, beautiful thinkers. So today I'd like to present this interview with my friend Alistair Hart. He's an entrepreneur, a surfer, a man who has traveled the world and, and found out many interesting things. And in this interview, he's going to tell us about how he learned to heal his own body and how he explored various techniques first using the traditional or the conventional allopathic model of health, trying to get surgery and other things to improve his health, eventually learning that there were things inside that he needed to address which would lead on to bring him to a better state of health. So if you enjoy this interview, please remember to share it. Alistair's website is heartspace.org www.heartspace.org heart with without the e h a r t space.org and let's begin this is a beautiful thought i'm here with alistair hart traveler adventurer surfer entrepreneur how are you, Alistair? Um, good, thank you, Kurt. Wonderful to be here. I appreciate uh, the invitation and excited to, to to step into this space with you. Yeah, great, great to have you. So, you're going to tell us a story about how you improved your health over your life when you had a, a health crisis and eventually managed to overcome that challenge. Tell us where, where the story begins. Oh... Totally, like all, all good, uh, like all good stories, it uh, involving health. Right, there's always a doctor present at some point. Hopefully, <laughs> hope right. Um, but um, yeah, it was. I think it was about, I was about sixteen, and I remember I was at Royal North Shore Hospital, and I'd kind of been in and out of there for a few years trying to get all of these things and, and ailments and, and surgeries kind of fixed and so forth. And mm. I remember the doctor was had this huge stack of manila folders um, on his, you know, it was almost like a foot high and he's like, this this is normal um, for someone your age as a young man to, to be having these experiences. You shouldn't be coming in here with this and it's like you kind of, you know, you're shopping around for, <laughs> for things to kind of cut, burn or or, or, uh, or take out, you know. So, um, this isn't normal. Wait, he, he thought that you were shopping for doctors or what do you mean? Yeah, like just like just that I was, and I was like, not what's the word, um, uh, kind of like manically, like oh, what's wrong with me? Like, what's this thing? Or what, this is what this is a bit creaky, or you know, this doesn't work. This doesn't feel good. This is a bit sore. Like, what is this? What is this? You know, and like, I I could see at that point in my life that I was, um, I had kind of had consecutive injuries from uh, left shoulder reconstruction to right ankle reconstruction to um, having like uh, a hip injury as well that uh, at one point, you know, um, after all the scans and, and trying trying everything, uh, the doctor recommended kind of popping my hip out and shaving a bit of bone off it. And, and I kind of said oh. to him, well, what about, you know, and this is as a young man, you know, like 17, 18, and I remember kind of saying, well, what about yoga and Pilates and so forth? And he kind of scoffed mm-hmm. at me. And was like, that's, that's all stupid stuff. Um, and okay. then I kind of realized, as I, exactly right, as I realized <laughs> after paying that premium for, um, for, 
that that consultation and, and realizing that he was going to make a pretty penny from cutting me open and, and popping my hip out. Um, but that was just one example of like a string of things. I also had like mm. um, uh, a, what, are, what are called pterygiums, which is like growth on the surface of the eyes of, of the sclera from sun damage, which some people suggest is actually from fungus, but it was this kind of um, irritation of the eye that gets that gets very calcified and kind of like a bit of a gristle. Um, so having those... Uh, removed mm. oh, well to, to give some context there, in terms of the shoulder injury and the, the hip injury and these things, th- these are coming from sports, like from rugby or – Yeah, yeah, from, yeah. from rugby and skateboarding and also just being a, you know, a bloody stupid young man at some point doing silly things <laughs> and stories there and, you know, nearly getting run over and doing stupid stuff. But the main ones were from, um, yeah, from, from sport and also um, – well, we'll get into a bit later. I, I got uh, irritable bowel syndrome and a parasite from when I went to South America. But going back to that early kind of, you know, um, launch pad, it was, you know, I remember sitting in that doctor's room and he said, look, this is not normal for you to be uh, having all of these injuries here. Like, what's going on? Um, and it wasn't until I left that that I realized that it was not listening to my intuition hmm. that was causing me to come into these kind of headwinds of health challenges uh, and then so what was your intuition telling you i just really wasn't listening to it you know it was like um so it was just saying listen to me <laughs> yeah it was like <laughs> yeah and also you know i think i don't know where it comes from is you know it might not even be relative to being a young man but having like a sense of um, stoicism and she'll be right and just getting on with it and a kind of unhealthy um, masculine energy that ultimately when I did have these injuries, I didn't really listen to uh, listen to them and, and take care and, and do the proper um, rehabilitation or just go, okay, I'm really injured right now. I, I need to look after myself. I was more like, oh, no, it'll be fine. Um, mm. you know. And so I played on you know, with a broken ankle for a game or I didn't go and ice it or didn't do rehabilitation and there was bits of bone snapped off in me and, and kind of wow. just – I just – what I realized as I matured through this and even later on into my early 20s, this was about a 10-year journey that just kept popping up onto the radar like a blip every three or four years that I'd have this incident that I'd have um, to do a rehabilitation for. So, I got mm-hmm. really comfortable with, with being in the rehabilitation mindset and, um, and seeing a, myself in a tunnel – um, that I would have to come out of. And, and there were other things there that, um, you know, I remember having like blocked ears for like a year, like these weird kind of sinus issues. I had a tonsil removed as well, but I, my ears would be blocked for a year. And I remember like thinking like, oh, I'm going to be walking around for the rest of my life like this, you know, like trying to pop my ears and having this, you know, not a, in the, keeping in context, like these aren't massive, um, you know, uh, issues, right? That um, I was yeah. incredibly. But it's all like, cumulative. Like, yeah, like it seems know, like your body is kind of falling apart or something. Like at creaky bones and this and that, and <laughs> and uh, and you feel like an old man. Totally, way before my time. You know, it's not like I had uh, leukemia or anything significant. That um, you know, it's all relative. But what that kind of um allowed me to to realize is that I actually had to drop into my body. Um, because mm. I was living as a psychological being um, <clears throat> for like most of us where we just kind of uh, interact with life uh, at a mental level and don't really drop into feeling 
and so for me, mm-hmm. it was my I kind of see it as we have a greater intelligence, and the intelligence of our body is is connected into that greater intelligence. And if our consciousness isn't, our conscious mind isn't. Uh, kind of taking the information, our, our subconscious mind's going to throw things up for us and give us these um, these red flags and say, "Hey, listen to me. Hey, drop in mm-hmm. your body. Hey, this is this is a problem. Hey, you need to pay attention to this." Um, right. So that kind of yeah, can- that's that's yeah. something actually. It came up in an interview I did a couple of years back. My my friend uh, Sam Neffendorf does this practice. He calls Meta Health, and he says that a, a lot of the time, like. Even perhaps if you if you stub your toe or like smack your knee into something, in some sense, that's your body trying to give you a clue that something's wrong. Totally, and you're always like, "Thank you, thank you, thank you." Corner of the table. <laughs> that's all, that's always you. what I say. Exactly. <laughs> Thanks, Bless toe. You. you really knew where you were going. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate that wisdom. Please have some more. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> But at that stage, you don't really think about it, you know, and and like Mm. most things, um, there's also a level of naivety there and I was very much, you know, uh, brought up where you you trust the doctors and you trust, you know, you kind of outsource uh, and externalize the solution to everybody Mm -hmm. else. Like they'll know, they've got to know, surely they've got to know. Um, And that kind of got me onto this path of like, learning the human body and the mechanics and also the organs and, and conditions and, and having to kind of do my own self-diagnosis. And I guess that really started to happen when um, I did a, a, a like an exchange over in Peru and I lived over there for about a year. And at the very end of, of the kind of um, my time there and, and surfing up the coast, I kind of contracted this waterborne parasite of something and i remember the day that i I got it it was like honestly i i could remember feeling like i can understand how people you know want to die when they get tortured because i was just on the floor and it was was coming out everywhere it was just the worst moment that i was like in far away from home just completely living moment to moment to kind of overcome this um you know ultimately which was a um you know was a an invasion of a foreign body into mine that just completely wreaked havoc and it took it took probably five years to get my biome and my gut back to the way it was um but those five years was met with so many specialists and um so to to clarify there like you're not talking about like something that you ate you're talking about like you you were swimming or surfing and well, something like washing, washing, um, f- like we're in Ecuador, right? And at the time, they were cutting off the power for like four hours a day. Um, right. And, and we were kind of living in this um, village for like a month. Um, so my brother and I figured we'd probably be better suited to kind of buying some food and, and keeping it um, and kind of making our own lunches and stuff. And then on one of the days, I guess I just. I washed it with some water that was no bueno and it had a, a some type of amoeba or, or microbe in it that um, was a pretty nasty bugger and just absolutely shocked my, my system and, and wow. kind of really, you know, I mean, at the worst, it wasn't that bad, but it was like, you know, going to the toilet 10 times a day, you know, you'd be, you'd be out back in Sydney or you'd be on a day or you'd be trying to work or trying to do something and you'd be like, fuck, how close am I to the toilet? Three minutes, four minutes, like, like 30 seconds, like, can I run to the toilet? You know, like, I can't even, like, do I need to wear diapers? Wow. Um, you know, and it was like, and so kind of, but that process had kind of already been built upon a foundation of, 
getting familiar with um, rehabilitation and discomfort and, and kind of having this process of, oh, okay, antibiotics, oh, okay, surgery, oh, okay, doctors, uh, waiting rooms, mm. oh, okay, public health care system, oh, okay. Um, so, I, I imagine at, at some point you just said, hang on, so there's got to be a different way. There's got to be something else. Well, that's kind of leads into like a, a bit of a, a kind of a spiritual awakening or a form of realization that, you know, everything is energy and beyond that there is this like, why am I kind of encountering these experiences? And I, and I, the mm. hindsight I got from that, and it, there's a few other journeys that led me into my spiritual path, but this was a big one because it was so gradual and so subtle. Mm. It was kind of like, um, you know, if I didn't have those, I probably wouldn't have had the humility and, and the pace and, and, and the slowing down to kind of get to grips of um, of appreciating good health and of, of – um, being in my body, I would have probably taken a lot more risks that could have. I am kind of risk prone, so um, <laughs> you know, like loving big waves, surfing, and and, and skateboarding, and doing things that um, you know are on the edge of my comfort zone, and often away from people out in the bush alone, or doing these things that kind of like me make me feel alive, you know. Mm. And so, I guess those experiences allowed me to put me on my path of, of rehabilitation and well-being, which eventually led me into becoming a yoga teacher and a meditation teacher and, um, and, and a few other things there as well. So, well, how, how did the realization come about? Like, uh, like you have this, you're, you've got this parasite and you're having these, these health problems running to the toilet and everything. Yeah. And what, I mean, like I imagine that there's probably no exact moment, like you probably can't pinpoint it. I just, I guess I just started having those back and forths with the medical um, fraternity, and I could start to see that 99.9% of them uh, mean well, like most people in the world. Um, Sure. And uh, they're doing the best that they can with the knowledge that they have. But after going and exploring the alternatives as well, like being open to, for example, rehabilitating um, my, like, before I contracted that parasite, I had rehabilitated my hip um, by focusing on Pilates and yoga and, and isolating the muscles and strengthening all, everything around it and really working into that, into the, the fascia, into the muscle and really starting to build that area. And I, I saw, okay, well, if I can fix myself there, tick, okay. Mm-hmm. And then I could see, okay, well, yes, I had surgeries in these other parts of my bodies, but I could kind of also strengthen those and rehabilitate those and get those back to normal. Okay, so, tick. And then um, the kind of sinus, these weird ailments and these kind of unusual things started to um, disappear. And I was like, okay, well, those kind of resolve uh-huh. themselves out. But then the gut thing was really where it was the kind of fork in the road. And I actually had a friend of mine that um, he went down and leaned in fully to the to the conventional medicine and, and ended up doing a fecal transplant where they take somebody else's poo uh, and sure. kind of put it uh, in you to create um, that good gut and rectal health and, and yeah. all the microbiomes that come from fecal matter. But that only st- stops, that stops in the rectum. It doesn't go into the gut. Um, so I chose to do an alternative um, path where – 
you know, after after having all of the like col- uh, colonoscopies and and you know, me- wait, I had all these weird things where I'd wake up in like a, a, a colonoscopy, you know, <laughs> got this huge metal black coil of camera up your butt, and I remember waking up and being like, "What is this?" Like, try to pull it out, and they're like, "Sedatium more," or or waking <laughs> up in my in my like local eye surgery that was because a lot of these were public healthcare, right? So with public healthcare, they 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 train the interns, and there's a huge, um, there's actually a huge they, in I think it's in in January or July in the states they associate a significant amount of death each year to intern error associated with the public healthcare, but they haven't. Yeah. I haven't really done that much, obviously, because of COVID now. But I remember with my eye, for example, just a quick story. It was like waking up um, under local because the you know the doctor was like, "Oh, I think you made a mistake there. You cut too much off." And I was like, "Excuse me, you're right." And they're like, "Please don't talk, sir." And it was like, so I and then I kind of started to kind of understand that at the end of the day, you're a patient because you have to be patient while they practice on you because they're practicing. And everything in the, in the known medical profession is built on the past, right? It's all human uh, and and shared knowledge and information. So, you're constantly building on what has come. So, and a lot of the amazing technology and modern science is, is fundamental to the world today. But then this is mm. also ancient kind of state of well-being that is naturally well and that you can kind of rehabilitate yourself without you know, cutting or burning or, or, or kind of having the incentivization of going into surgery. So, I made right. sure that before- well, was, I, was there a point where, like a, a point where it was immediately obvious, like oh, either I go with the, the fecal transplant or I choose something else? Do you remember that moment or that, I that guess, uh, I guess you know, period? I guess it came down to kind of proof was in the pudding of having those past experiences where- Mm-hmm. you're putting a lot of faith in an individual that yeah. could be wrong and um and I'd rather I would rather trust myself 100% and back myself than this other person that I that I've just met or even if they've got a huge credibility uh, around a, a medical profession I just would rather have trusted myself first which I did and then gone back to them as a last resort and that I guess was the right. main, was the main point because then that opened up like the internet right an entire ecosystem of people that had gone through similar journeys and and that really put me on to okay, before I do that, you have A, B, C, D, E, F, and G to do before that happens. And those things were changing your diet, fasting, you know, kidney flush, gallbladder flush, um, colon sure. cleanse, enemas. Well, here's, here's my question. Uh, like, I know a, a lot of people, at least from what I see on social media, on Twitter sometimes, it's like they have so much faith in professionals. But in, in your case, I guess it was like, you saw for yourself that these beings are, are only mortal, so they get, they don't necessarily know um, any more than you do. Was was that your thinking process, or how did how did you put it together? That came about largely by kind of working with them, and also having this um, co-developing like relationship with my own with with my own health so i'd be going to the doctors in those early hmm. situations and being like okay 
So I went to the physio and they said that it wasn't the iliotibial, you know, iliotibial band, that it was probably more something to do with um, the psoas. But then I don't really think it's the psoas because it's also kind of got this impingement. And then so I kind of would work through it with them. But then I would say go to this other doctor and it's like, mm, I tried these antibiotics and that didn't really work. And I've also looked into this and I could see that, you know, and I would be working through it with them based on, you know, just to get them up to speed on what it was. And then mm-hmm. I could start to see that they were like, hmm, hmm okay, well, well, what do you think about this? Like, do you think it could maybe be this? And I was just like, wait a minute, like, <laughs> you know, like unless it comes down to time and experience and their ability to have the available knowledge and information and empirical evidence to them to kind of lean on. And if if they're kind of just going with what they know, the onus is on me to fucking spend my time and energy and try and uncover what the issue is first before just, you know, leaving the due diligence up to somebody else. Yes. Okay. So, so it's like you, you saw none of, none of these people know everything. Each of them knows something. And, and so it must be like, it can't be their responsibility. There's no way your health could be their responsibility. Which is, you know, and also kind of seeing, you know, my parents or my grandparents and just the kind of the culture around medicine and even just just the interesting difference. Like there's, then I started seeing holistic doctors and that were integrating Eastern and, and Western medicine and, and then the relationship that they were having with other like, you know, cutting edge um doctors from, from Germany and Europe that were doing these incredible things and, and starting mm. to see – the shift of, you know, well, I'll go to see a, a chiropractor and I'll go to see a kinesiologist and then I'll go to see a Reiki healer and then I'll go to see a, a light worker and do some energy work. Then I'll go see a gut health specialist and see a naturopath and see, so, you know, start to kind of tap into this field of knowledge that, you know, there are people that are, you know, like Don Tolman or Tyler Tolman that have, you know, built up very successful businesses, but also ecosystems of people that have been able to rehabilitate themselves from what would seem like, you know, the edge end of the road in, in you know, terminally ill circumstances. And many of them don't come back, but but there are circumstances that those that do. Uh, and it just, it's, it's really, that put me into the awareness of this entire kind of field of awareness that just as we have placebos, uh, in mm-hmm. the world of, of someone saying a sugar pill or a saline injection or, or, or a fake surgery is going to shift the um, belief patterns and the awareness of solving a problem, which Joe Dispen- Dr. Joe Dispenza talks a lot about this. He's a neuroscientist and he says that, you know, like that placebo um, can result in a massive change for the individual because they their entire being is convinced that that was the solution. And just as a placebo... Uh, mm-hmm. can create that. You also have a nocebo, and a nocebo is where um, a doctor says to someone, hey, you've got this condition, you're going to die in three months, and the people start to agree to that. They believe that, and they start to shut down. They check themselves out, and mm-hmm. we hear time and time again of people that to say, no, this is not going to happen to me. I'm going to fight this. I'm going to get better, and they do get better against all odds. You know, It's because, yes, there are circumstances where you, the situation is a situation, but the power of the mind and the consciousness is incredibly, incredibly powerful, and I just kind of guessed for myself. I was like, fuck, man, I, I, I can, you know, I know I can if this is my, my dharma or my karma to go through this journey, then I know that I can go through it. And there was always this momentum building me. I could always see the light at the end of the tunnel and I kept my sense of humor, you know, to be honest, um, Kurt, that was one thing that through all of these situations, it was like, yeah, 
it wasn't even that bad. I always could kind of, <laughs> you know, I remember I also had like rhinoplasty where I had my sinus reconstruction done and I remember coming oh. out of the hospital with a fucking, you know, black eyes and nose thing and I decided to have a few lads over and smoke a bunch of bloody joints and have a fire <laughs> with my mum around and, you know, drink a bottle of wine and get on the, you know, heavy painkillers and it was just like a fucking, all right, what are we doing today? Oh, is this is this thing we're getting over with. <laughs> and also seeing other people that were incredibly, you know, in far worse states uh, with, with their own conditions, it was very humbling to think, fuck, this is, uh, I have a little scratch, uh, really. And um, if my journey is to kind of get into my body and learn about that, then um, I'm, I'm going to do that with some some compassion and a little bit of love. And um, and eventually kind of everything everything started to kind of settle up and that kind of story was behind me. And then another one kind of, began but yeah this was really the kind of getting into my well-being through through challenge so what i mean you tr- you say you try all these different healing modalities w- was there any one which stood out which made you say ah well that's definitely disproportionately successful or was it just it was more like what was changing inside of you like you believed that you had responsibility and power over your own health or what what was it that made the difference good question uh, you know if you asked me a few years ago i would have um probably pointed to a specific technique or modality um which i can recommend a couple but i know from what i've learned now from my teacher uh, mark bredner who's a, a student or a master from the kind of himalayan masters tradition and also the ishtar um, Tantra yoga as well, kind of student from the Yogananda lineage of, of that kind of inner engineering, right? The Kriya practices the, where, where mm. yoga is kind of eight limbs of yoga, which is the Ashtanga tradition. And, mm-hmm. um, and what yoga provides is a science and it's a science of reduction. It's not the science of addition. As human beings, we are already whole. We are already uh, in union and balanced and well by our natural state. It's just that there's layers and barriers that are built up as we come into this duality uh, that the mind creates. And as the mind starts to create them, they fold out into the different energy bodies or what's called sheaths or koshas. Um, and as that kind of consciousness from source is is incarnated in the physical body, it folds out into the world. Uh, and as it folds out, it starts to create um, emotions and, and, and sensations. Uh, and as beautiful or as challenging they are, there's still a form of separation, even if that's love or it's the closest vibration to, to union. Uh, and then mm-hmm. as that folds out, it folds out beyond that into also um, feeling states. As I said, those, those beautiful feelings. Then beyond that, it moves out into wisdom and the wisdom and the knowing of being able to connect into these, you know, these higher vibrational states or this these profound transcendent experiences and then beyond the wisdom it folds out into into the energy of of the the mental body because the mind starts to get involved and it starts to see i am this this is that this is the world and then as that starts to happen the mind folds out into um the the nervous system it folds out into the pranic body the energy bodies the autotomic nervous system of the parasympathetic and the sympathetic nervous system and it starts to create Mm -hmm. structures and patterns in our nervous system and as that folds out the last layer is is the uh, physical layer, which is what we see when we look in the mirror, we see when we look at our hands and our feet. And that physical layer is the consolidation of all of those subtle layers folded into itself. So, 
the world we look at is kind of inverted when at, at its core, and this is what Joe Dispenza talks about, that it's, it's the field that creates matter. It's not matter that creates the field. Mm-hmm. So, it's the field that folds out into itself and consolidates into the physical form that then has a charge and vibration. So, if you want to change the physicality of something, you want to change this gross material world, which is all made of atoms, and atoms are 99.9% empty space that are constantly vibrating in a state of flux. If you want to change that physical aspect, it begins at the subtle level. So, if you're changing- With your subtle, thoughts or where? Yeah, thoughts, emotions, but beyond the thoughts and emotions, kind of the thoughts and the emotions Mm -hmm. are like the first ripples on the surface, right? But it's actually, there's a point beyond those thoughts and emotions. But if you change your thoughts, your emotions, and your belief patterns, the nervous system starts to change. And an example would be, if you are thinking and you have insecurity or self-worth or you're anxious and you have those thought patterns that for whatever reason you kind of became encoded with them as a young child whether through context of growing up in the family circumstance or whatever situation unfolded that those thought patterns started to become ingrained and ingrooved into your consciousness as those kind of uh, thought patterns start to continue to unfold and, and, and recycle they start to kind of groove into your consciousness like you know, water running down a, str- uh, a rock, and over time that water starts to carve out a pathway. and And what happens is, is once those thoughts and emotions and belief patterns start to become carved out, then 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 the physical energy body starts to reflect that. Maybe the t- the heart starts to sh- tighten up, the chest starts to shrink, the the spine and the upper chest starts to collapse over. So you start to get this kind of scoliosis or this kyphosis where you're um you're kind of you're collapsing in on you know your your chest you're not open you're not confident you're not speaking from this from this place you you, nat- you naturally start to reflect those energy patterns and then physically though that folds in even more and it starts to to manifest in physical form sure. um, from blockages or toxicity or diseases so sure. So, Alistair, in, in your case, how did you begin to change those, those patterns, those subtle energy patterns? I, I spent a long time trying to change them at the external level, um, uh-huh. going and doing the mechanical things of detoxification. Including of, the surgery and, and these things. That, I guess all that's, of that was, that's where it first, started. Yeah. It was the first ones and then things just keep started to pop up and then I was like, hmm, okay, maybe I'll go a little bit deeper and I'll, and I'll work at – um, the actual kind of filtration and the communication system of the body and and, and how mm-hmm. the kidneys function and the liver and the, the gallbladder and, and the, um, the, the defecation kind of intestines and start to kind of see how all of this starts to work and start to kind of systematically um, study them. You know, mm-hmm. go and see a specialist and, and get a cleanse kit and start to kind of filter through these and try going vegan uh, for a, two years or a year and then vegetarian and go back to bone broths and try fasting. And so I was kind of over the mm-hmm. process of two or three years, I really started to develop my sensitivity. And that sensitivity allowed me to kind of just commit to the journey for the sake of the journey. And I could see the difference that was starting to occur in my physical being but then although that those issues started to be resolved because mm-hmm. i had kind of un you could kind of say i had kind of unbundled the knots in my physical body yeah. um there was still the subtle energy charge that and thought patterns and the belief systems that were still there uh, which got me more into personal development and, and life coaching. So, so like in in some sense you still kind of had the identity or the mentality of a of a sick person 
Totally. Yeah, I started from the outside coming in, right? Like, okay, it's not this is an issue. How do I address that issue? What's the solution? And that's a very kind of yang, kind of masculine way yeah. to kind of, you know, find the tool to, to, to do the job. And then I could start to see, though, and fortunately you meet teachers on the way and um, and you, I could start to see that all of those were just kind of like – um, signposts for my consciousness to evolve and then I had to go through those experiences. And it was interesting just before I go back to maybe kind of where that stream, following that stream back led me to, but I remember I, I saw a really uh, wonderful astrologer by the name of Cal Garrison and, and you know, for those that aren't that familiar with the value of astrology, it's, it's really useful because when I had someone like her who's been doing astrology for close to 60 years look at my natal chart, which is the chart um, and the positions of the stars at the time of mm-hmm. your birth and the what astrology kind of blending with astronomy kind of works with is that there's, there's they associate metaphysical or archetypal energies with the planets. Right. And so, based on where the planet is, it kind of tells a story in your life. And so, and with, as well as with the asteroids and, and, and different kind of celestial bodies, they can kind of start to see this journey that you're on from the story of the stars right and i remember seeing her art like when i started to kind of do this intense detoxification of alternative therapies and she was like straight away she's like oh look the health thing it's an old it's an old lesson you know i can see here that you've been going through these really hard to detect and hard to diagnose ailments for years that people spend Mm -hmm. fortunes trying to overcome and you know it's kind of because you're you know, the kind of planet uh, or, you know, asteroid Arachne was whacking Neptune and, and all of this kind of planet with like asteroid with Hades, all of this stuff was going on that she's like, I can look at that and tell you that you've been going through some weird health journeys, but you're out of that now because it's kind of, it's kind of sextiling, it's trining, it's kind of, it's passing now. It's not as um, volatile in terms of sharing the same uh part of space and time which is gets a bit deep but all that did for me was it was just confirmation of oh wow okay well if, if an astrologer can kind of look at the stars and tell that about someone then what else is possible and that kind of uh, gave me more confidence to dive into um more of i guess um the medicine journeys and the shamanic work and starting to meet teachers and elders and, and guides and and kind of follow the stream back within myself because as I started to work through those layers of, of um, the physical work of cleaning out the body and detoxifying, um, building the foundation, I could start to see that, you know, that there were these kind of, you know, subtle energy or dominating belief patterns that I had been living with that ultimately direct uh, and shape um, my life. And I'm not sure who, who mm. said it, but it was, it was, you know, um, until you make the the unconscious conscious, it will direct your life and you will call it fate. I think that was Jung. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Which goes into all of this kind of stuff. So, when, like, once you do become aware, like, ah, actually, I've, I've had this mentality all along and this, you know, this has been a big contributing factor in making me sick, but just becoming aware of it, can you just be like, ah, oh, well, I guess I'll just change it. Or what's the process there? Well, yeah, I mean, there's a, and this is the awesome time, and why it's such a uh, whatever your your kind of challenges at, at the moment in life 
if you can shift your perspective to see it as a resource hmm. and to an opportunity and, and shifting into that opportunity mindset, okay, well, these are the yeah. cards that I'm dealt, whatever, great, fantastic. What can I learn from this? How can I grow from this? How can I evolve and turn this you know, lemon into lemonade or turn this stone on my back into a, a stepping stone? And yeah. that allowed me to kind of um, – to see what was possible and, and different things work for different people. Like a really powerful way to kind of pinpoint what the issue is, is obviously, you know, this, this different types of therapy and, and hypnosis and, and gestalt therapy and, and kind of psychotherapy and having conversations and life coaches with people that can mm-hmm. help to kind of unpack what it is. But ultimately the body is an incredible con- conduit for giving you the direct answer. And, and so I found a lot of value in kinesiology. Uh, hmm. in kinesiology in terms of muscle testing in, in that the body knows um, if something is true or not based right. on the kind of it's muscles. A, but they say it's uh, – I think they say it's a applied kinesiology, which can be very different to regular kine- kin- kinesiology. Okay. That's yep. what I've heard anyway. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, I know I know what you mean. Like so, so somebody cho- showed me this, like saying you form a ring with your thumb and, and forefinger – and you try to put your other forefinger through it and and see if there's resistance or not. And depending on like if you ask a, if you ask a question and the answer is no, then there might be more resistance. Or if you ask a question, the answer is yes. Maybe your finger will just slide right through. Totally, like you know, true or false. Like my name is 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 Kurt. You know, well it's not. So my finger just slid through. It's my name is Alistair, and it's not going anywhere. You know, and the same with keeping your arm up at 90 degrees, like a kind of pointing your hand right out in front of you and putting pressure down on the hand on the other side. And hmm. what a kinesiologist told me essentially is that is that the, the kind of the synapses that fire in the brain for the brain, for the signal to come down from the brain into that part of the body to kind of interrupt um, is longer or, or it's there's a window of opportunity where the but where the body already knows the answer and so it the mind can't get in and give you a fake answer the body knows the answer and so the the muscular connection the fascia however it works is mm. a lot more sensitive and receptive to what that is and so if you have a good practitioner of it and a, a friend of mine that I know I went through one of his programs a guy called Dane Thomas that founded uh, a method called the spiral. Um, and I really know a good practitioner there by the name of Susie. And pretty much you kind of work through the areas like, okay, you know, and you can get to a point where it's like, okay, so um, what issue are you, what emotion are you dealing with at the moment? Okay, it is rage, anger, fear, grief, loss, guilt. Okay, it's guilt. Okay, so we've got guilt. Okay, what happened? Um, when did this guilt arise? Is it one to five, five to 10, 10 to 12? Okay, it's, it's, it's 10 to 12. Cool. How old were you? 11? 12, okay, 11, what happened around guilt when you were 11? And all of a sudden, your kind of operating system starts to kind of just, it can just come from nowhere. You get this flash or this, you know, you can dive in a little bit more if you're really repressing it and you don't want to go there and you can get into regressive work, hmm. hypnotherapy and kind of start to get to this issue. And then you say, oh, it's it's because of this happened. And all of a sudden, that this subconscious pattern has been swirling around in, in your life and your subconscious since then and it's, it's kind of creating this you know, havoc in your in your in your life in a very subtle way, and so there's ways to overcome that. Um, you know, you can do it instantly, uh, and some of them take a little bit more work, where you continually have to sit in the fire of yourself and work on yourself and, and shift 
because at the end of the day, it's like how deeply associated are you with that? Is it really is it an attachment or an aversion, and how deeply coloured or, or charged or, or ingrained is that within your being? And sometimes it's not very deep for some people, and sometimes it's very deep for other people. But innately, uh, just to kind of f- finish on that point, is like this: your soul, your higher self, your your consciousness always is looking for expansion and liberation, and and if you can can kind of get it to the doorway of it it's gonna it's gonna walk straight through it's gonna the floodgates are just gonna open so Mm. it's just until you have that awareness of it though it's just kind of lurking in the background so you in your case can you name a specific instance that you like a specific memory that you discovered using these techniques which then unlocked your you know unlocked your belief i guess um there was a few but i guess one and it wasn't just say so much with kinesiology, but this this idea of this subconscious patterning that I could have discovered with kinesiology, although the practitioner at the time didn't use kinesiology, he used, uh, and this was my yoga teacher, mm-hmm. he, he just kind of reflected back to me what I was saying, doing, and pretty much showed me the shape and structure of my body and how those okay. were manifestations of the energy pattern. And, and for me, it was this... Um, this kind of bright and shiny expansion and this very um, Disney character-esque big triangle puppy chest kind of living out in the promise of of impact and seduction and trying to make something in the world and, and trying to ultimately my consciousness was trying to get love and acceptance by doing things in the world, being a successful business person or, or giving people what they wanted or people-pleasing or, or whatever this stuff Just was. Just like this m- masculine caricature which is a neediness for acceptance and love uh-huh. that was trying to create in the world to feel accepted and validated. And mm. so, because that wasn't grounded, because that energy wasn't resting and secured and, and accepting, um, everything in my life that I was trying to do wasn't really ever manifesting. Businesses would fail. Um, investments would go sour. Relationships would, would, would you know, not work at all. Um, and so it was like it was kind of, a, you know, a house of cards. Uh, and so that was that well was going on uh, f- until I was about 28 until I met this teacher and he mm. kind of showed me. He's like, look, man, you know, few people get the opportunity to be aware of this because especially that type of archetype of energy, it's really big in the business world and ego is really associated with it. And it takes a lot of humility to, to kind of get real and to say, well, fuck, you know, I am, you know, on the border of bankruptcy. I don't have any long-term relationships. <laughs> Nothing I've done has worked. Um, you know, it's not poo no one loves me, but it's like <laughs> just, being, just being real with like, yeah. You know, and, and to, to what extent was was this related to to your health issues? Well, everything's health, right? Mind, body, and spirit. In terms of my uh, my life, my health journey was coinciding with the building of a of a business, which was in the technology app development space, which then kind of led me to working into the app development space, which was interesting because. As I went from this externalization of solutions of looking out for people to fix me hmm. and then kind of saw that in my business of looking to make a business that wanted to be bought or, or people that would want to use to try and, you know, get money to do what I love, um, I, as I kind of continued to work back into myself, I got closer and closer and closer and then eventually I kind of got to a point where um, I could see 
and this was so subconscious, but I was like, I was working in a space that was selling the energy of externality, the promise, the big app idea, the big, bright, shiny, flashy unicorn. Like, you know, I was working in the app development space where everyone had an app idea. And although I was working in a tech company that was reducing risk by just creating, you know, interactable prototypes, mock-ups with a pitch deck and getting people out there to sell the dream instead of going and building the big, expensive tech. Nonetheless, it was still this like energy of of um, of ex- of kind of bright, shiny expansion that wasn't really grounded in everything, in, and it wasn't aligned to the core. Often, the founders weren't aligned at the core of why do they really want to do this? Why do you really want to do that thing that you want to do? Oh, make money, be successful, blah blah blah. And I had gone through that journey until it was like, what do I really want to do? I was like, well, I just I just want to surf and and you know. Ex- be in, in nature and, and have a really kind of organic life. And it's as I started to kind of get tuned with that, that everything started to change. My health started to clear up. My relationships got better. Um, I didn't start to have these these things popping up in my field. And it's a very gradual process when you start to kind of regroove your consciousness and start to work at those really strong. Um, but, well, let, let me ask you this, like with that that uh, realization about, about this misconception of masculinity that you had i suppose uh what uh what effects did you notice uh, on your physical health as a result or how did that how did that tie totally totally my um my digestive system cleared up Um, Mm. i also noticed my eye color changed as i started to detoxify my body my eyes went from a dark brown um, into, you know, my brother saw it yesterday and he's like, man, I never knew you had blue in your eyes and green. He's like, they look like camouflage like earthy color. And when the light hits it, like, because what happens is I've got a friend, um, Sinclair, that's an iridologist and we've talked about it a bit that your eyes kind of uh, literally are, are reflectors of your the health of your body. So, it's like a mm-hmm. clock uh, with different rings and you can kind of associate different sections of the body, the kidney, the livers, the intestines, this upper spine and so forth, a reproductive system with the areas of the eyes. And if, if, they're, if, they're, if they're glazy or they're, they're foggy or there's black spots or dark spots or, you, you know, you can change you can change the structure health the color of your eye by in fixing your internal health and so that was one thing I started to notice I started to get stronger as well um, you know which from the outside I started to get back into training and into yoga but I also started to feel more empowered to change um, my body like yes okay I had a broken ankle and a sore shoulder and a broken uh, rehabilitated shoulder and a, and a hip but that doesn't mean that I can't just do time under tension and start to strengthen that area of the body and start to pump mm-hmm. energy into that. And that brought me into energy work like Tai Chi and, and uh, Tantra where I started to, to kind of started to explore how we are made of light at atomic level. We're subatomic electromagnetic beings. And so, if you can start to refine and steal your consciousness enough and train it, it's all about training and there's many traditions that teach that training, um, that you can start to experience that atomic um experience from the Vipassana meditations where you sit in silence for 10 days and you start to learn how to feel your body your your the, the, the you know the uh the flickering of the energy of through your entire body and, mm-hmm. and different so I was experimenting and trying all of these different paths and what it developed is a real sensitivity 
um, to my body. And as I started to develop that sensitivity, I could start to direct my consciousness with it and listen to it, be very intuitive and start to go, okay, um, this, you know, uh, to be honest, like even uh, the energy, like as I started to go through this, and we'll be totally honest, like, you know, as, as a young man, like I would have, you know, these such an array of um, of sexual performance experiences where I would feel <laughs> completely, you know, like um, God, God on earth and completely orgasmic and heavenly and amazing and then I would, you know, be premature ejaculating and couldn't uh, <laughs> couldn't do anything and it was just like this this sexual dysfunction at the, and there was no right rhyme or reason of why you know uh-huh. of it would be good not good good and just, and whether it was partners or or, or um, intimate uh, moments of connection like whatever it was as i started to develop that sensitivity everything started to change my 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 sexual performance hmm. started to change my sleep started to change my thought pattern started to change um i did have some form of um i wouldn't say it was ever diagnosed as depression but there would be kind of bouts of of melancholy and, and depressive uh, feelings mixed with anxiety and all of that started to change and um my you can look at your tongue as well as a really good uh, instigator of your internal health. And my my tongue started to clear up. It looked like there started to be less. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, it's like a type of. Uh, it starts with C. It's a type of fungus. Um, I don't know. You mean like the fur that grows on your tongue, or what? Uh, like oh, you candida. Get, yeah, oh, yeah, okay. candida. Like thrush. So, uh, yeah, okay. uh, yeah, but but it's also found in the body. It's not associated with uh, with a, with a sexual. Um, sure, but it's it's sure. just a. Um, it can just be from a like if there's a high build up of mucus and um, and energy in the body. And it, to be honest, all of this started to change my external reality. I started to move and move by the beach. I, I got a, a job that was more outdoor orientated. I ensured that I was always uh, in nature. Would be barefoot. I started to become a yoga teacher. I took a job in the Maldives. I started to live and breathe um, the expression of what well-being is for me. And everybody has different constitutions. Whether you look at it through the doshas and the Hindu um, tradition of looking at the the kind of the pitta, the kapha, and the vata of looking at your constitution of what suits you, what climates, what food, what kind of lifestyle, um, mm-hmm. but also starting to kind of explore all of these different realms of of knowledge and wisdom of of health and well-being from what are what are ancient ancient traditions and i started to see like no one person has all of the answers and so if you want to go on that journey it is a journey um but be be confident and back yourself because when you go through that process you know you gain something from it that nobody else uh will ever have other than the people that have gone through it in their own way but yes i I have a question for you Yes, yes. Uh, so, do you do you think for you, for you personally, if you could somehow go back to yourself when you were ten years old and, and tell yourself these things, do you, do you think that would change things? Like, do you think there would be some way where you could just go straight to the goods rather than going through all this, uh, you know, all this rigmarole, exploring the physical realm first, or did you have to really go through the whole process to find out what was going on? It couldn't have been any other way, you know, and, and we mm. all have our journey. And I, I kind of tell some of my clients that, that you know, I my assessment or, or relationship of knowing to this is that 
as a being, as an all, all omniscient, uh, supreme being um, that is a part of creator, we agree to the life experiences that we incarnate, we have as a path of karma. And so we're given and call in those experiences for the evolution of our consciousness. We mm. are having the exact experience that we need for the evolution of our consciousness. Uh, and so when you kind of see it like that, you know, like whether it's a credit and a deficit system, once you start to, to kind of, you know, create the space and you've cleared out enough deficits, you'll be able to still work on the on the, the big kind of, you know, the hairy knots that are still down there that, you know, would have only come to the surface after having been um, released of, of what kind of needed to go before that. And so there's always work in process, you know. And so for me, I've, my approach to it is the kind of this joy fuel living, right? So it's joy fuel. Everything is a fuel source. And if you're able to kind of see your challenges as a fuel source, um, because nothing lasts forever, and we know this because the, the, law, the law of reality is impermanent, and the Buddhists teach this, it's impermanent. And if, if something is impermanent, it's never going to be forever. And even if it's the most painful thing, emotional, physical experience, um, it will change. You know, it will change. And so by nature of knowing that everything changes, um, we can come to see that nothing um, even if it's uncomfortable, is forever. And so because of that, you're kind of destined to overcome it if you lean into it with that kind of forward momentum. So to answer your question, I don't think, you know, me as a young as a young man would have listened to it any other way because, <laughs> you know, you have to go through those experiences to know. You can have someone tell you, I, even with business, I, I was giving advice before I was taking it and I was hearing it from so many people and it wasn't until... I was ready to, to learn it myself that it actually got integrated. Um, and that's, that's kind of the way of living, I guess. The, the only thing hmm. I would okay. <laughs> just is that we, yeah. we, have, we have this, like, we have this destiny. We all have this destiny. We're all on this timeline. And you might take different paths and different roads to get there, but you're, you're inevitably in this kind of current of your life. And sure, you might take some uh, choices that might lead you this way and that way, but you're inevitably going to get on into your destiny. But when you kind of get more in tune with yourself, you just get into this slipstream um, that kind of hyperspeeds it. And when you get into that path, this flow state of alignment, uh, life just becomes a lot more magical. The quality of life is is just so much more of what you have envisioned for your life, that vision and, and that highest potential. And, and there's just a lot more ease and grace, you know. Yes, there can be ups and downs, but you just kind of start to slice through them a little bit more. Uh, and that's really kind of, if I could tell myself anything as a young person, I'd say, you know, there's no rush. You know, you're going to get there. So get there when you want to get there. At the end of the day, people will have those experiences that they want, whether it's continuing to have reoccurring relationship, um, you know, toxic relationships or patterns or whatever it is or health addictions or whatever it is, people are going to continue to have that show up in their life until they resolve it because what you resist persists and it might show up in different forms. But until you integrate it, that aspect of your consciousness and bring balance to it, um, then it will no longer be a, a, a charge in your life. Mm. Okay. Thanks, Alistair. Thanks for thanks for sharing your story and telling us about about uh, how you explored yourself and how you how you found those different aspects of yourself and and uh, yeah. Thanks. 
Oh, pleasure, Kurt. It's uh, it was nice to be able to kind of revisit them and and have your wisdom kind of directing and guiding uh, it. So yeah, I appreciate it, and and thanks to all the listeners, and I look forward to connecting with you all and um and listening to your next one, brother. Thank you. Uh, do you have anything you want to promote? Um, I I'm launching. So I am a meditation teacher, and I will be creating a program for people to learn the true art of meditation, which is to be able to be free of thought because uh, that is the true essence of meditation, uh, which is which is incredible, right? Like yoga means now. And so to be now means to be free of mental activity. And so that takes a little bit of practice to get there. But when you do get there, you start to come into contact with your true nature, which is beyond the mind. And it's in that space that um, – everything starts to happen. Your energy centers start to uncoil and unkink and, and life starts to kind of flow uh, through you. And so I teach that and I've just uh, done a recent program uh, taking people through that. And, and so I'll be building that as a entry point offering for those that are interested at, at a starting point um, while I also build out a, a more of a, a pretty robust uh, program for millennials uh, called the Millennial Momentum Machine. So my primary focus <laughs> at the moment here is is working with millennials because we are the uh, the future of of the world. Where they're kind of standing at the door of change. And so if we can sort ourselves out in mind, body, and spirit, and, and tame our mind and get really clear, um, then we can uh, we can actually make a difference here. So what, yeah, what's got, the website? Yeah, so it's www.heartspace, H-A-R-T-S-P-A-C-E dot org. So, heartspace.org, um, mm-hmm. heart without the E, H-A-R-T. My name's Alistair Hart. And, and yeah, everything's on there. I'm also on Instagram as A-L-I-S-7-A-I-R. So, it's Alistair, but instead of a T, it's a 7. So, A-L-I-S-7-A-I-R. Cool. Great. And a big fan of the podcast. So, yeah, I look forward. I you know, might jump in on the comments if people have any questions or anything or we can loop them back into a, to another episode. Yeah, man. Well, if you want to join the Telegram group, you're, you're welcome. And uh, would love get to. in the conversation there. Totally. Seeing as I think uh, WhatsApp's taken a bit of a dive this week. <laughs> Everybody's jumping ship. Like, uh, so, like 20 of my Latin friends are there. Like it comes up saying, so-and-so is joining Telegram. I'm like, really? Okay. It's good. I think it's yeah. the best thing. They finally pushed, you know, they finally pushed it too hard. <laughs> well, yeah. Facebook, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. Well, th- thanks again, Alistair. Beautiful, Kurt. Enjoy, and um, I'll see you when I see you. A beautiful thought. Thank you for joining us there. If you enjoyed that interview, please feel free to share it with your friends, share it over social media, anyway, maybe on Telegram, considering that so many people are <laughs> abandoning Facebook and WhatsApp right now. And have a wonderful day. That's all. That's all there is to say. Oh, 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 oh,
Oh, oh, oh, oh, oh, oh, oh, oh, oh, oh, oh, oh, oh, oh, oh, oh, oh, oh, oh, oh, oh, oh, oh, oh, oh, oh, oh, oh, oh, oh, oh, oh, oh,